at SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musiya on Twitter. Um, let's then uh, go live. Uh, let's go all the way to Cape Town, rather. Uh, Newlands. I don't know if he's still at Newlands, if he's filed his report for tomorrow or if he's on his way back to the hotel there. That's where we find uh, sports journalist uh, Kanyiso Tswagu, who is, of course, with the Arena Holdings. Uh, he's also an SABC sports analyst and sports commentator, jack of all trades, and he joins us all the way from Cape Town. Kanyiso, good evening. Thanks for speaking to us. Good evening, Tammy. So good evening to listeners and compliments of the season. Thank you. Thank you to you too. Well, uh, Proteas have been set 4.38 to win. It's, 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 uh, I know a lot of people have said 4.38. They've chased that before. They can chase it again. 126 for two at Stamps, still 311 behind. But surely it's advantage England? It is advantage England. I mean, uh, people may say they, they may be very confident. But they need to remember that um, in the history of Test cricket, only 20 total of 400 plus in the fourth innings that is scored number one. And of those in the total, only five have been successful chases, uh, one of them belongs to South Africa. And that remains, South Africa's chase against Australia in 2011, 20, uh, 2008, I mean, remains the last time a team crossed 400 to win a test match. So it happens once every few moons. So it's going to be interesting. I think the draw remains a very feasible option. Uh, mm-hmm. The switch has died down the favourite. But a win, um, 312 in 90 overs against this England attack, um, with the way the bowls die on the switch, I think it's uh, people ask for a bit too much. But there's nothing wrong in being um, there's nothing wrong in being optimistic. But he told in 90 overs it hasn't been done so far in this test match. Uh, we can't see it being done um, on the last day. Do you see them betting out the last day though, with eight wickets in hand? It's a relatively straightforward task actually betting out. Um, remember that if you're not chasing right, uh, then you, it, 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 it requires a special mindset. Where now you need to. Remember, there's, there's a line that Mark Nicholas once used um, in the pre-grade described David De Villiers' um, uh, my marathon 29 uh, to 29 will really score a boundary. In Adelaide, where he says, runs, you may think that runs are oxygen, but they're more like food. You can, you can actually do without them longer than you think. And I think that is actually the kind of approach that the coach is with. They need to remember that if they want to save the game, runs are, runs are a want and not a need. Stretching out time is a necessity. Because, I mean, 438 with how England have bowled, um, and actually in this game particular, it's always, it's always going to be a tough ask. So, runs, it, 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 the time is oxygen, that runs is the food. You can do without food for a certain amount of time, but you can't do without oxygen. So, how England then starve an America of oxygen time will be the critical part. How do the Proteas find themselves in this position, Kanye? So, where have they gone wrong in this test after their win in Centurion? One, the toss. Uh, they lost the toss again. Five and lost five consecutive tosses. Five daddy can't be blamed. I mean, it's either the lack of the toss or you don't. Um, they let England get away in the loss in, 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 with the loss against partnership where they had them on the match. I think two hundred something for nine, and Ali Pope was able to push that score to two fifty two. It gave England an expected impetus, and they actually bowled very well. But Africa also had uh, an expected collapse. They went from one five seven for three to two fifteen for eight. On the second evening, and they lost five wickets in that particular hour, which effectively cost them what now with this them in a position. Because if they were 225 for two at the end of the second day, um, I think that game would have been panned out totally different because they would have been able to see off the new ball in the on early on the third day. Chances are they would have been able to back for the rest of the for at least half of day three, and that then changes the match saving dynamic for England. 
Talking about the new ball, they didn't take the new ball today when it was available early on, leading to Ben Stokes going bananas. What was the thinking there? You at Newlands, fill us in. No, Jacques explained that they needed to take advantage of the rocket of outside this of, of camp. And if, and if you're watching, you'd have seen how Joe Denny was able to press with the elders mind to a point where um, he actually got in out. So um, the ball was turning into Ben Stokes. But I think Ben Stokes already came out of positive mindset, knowing that there will be a ball that will get him out. But in the in, in between the balls that will get him out, he'll be scoring runs. I mean, he only spent in five minutes at the piece. And he scored 22 runs uh, of 47 balls, and that pretty much took the game away from South Africa because in the morning session, um, England scored 157 runs in 27 overs. So that was they were going on more than five and over, and I think that right there moved the game from uh, a position that South Africa would have thought about chasing and moved their game into the position they now need to play the game because the high success to chase. Yeah, Unions was pulled for Australia back in 2002. Um, when they chased down 334, Mark Boucher played in the game, Graham Smith played in the game, um, Rock Collins also played in the game. So there is a bit of intellectual capacity in terms of knowing how, having seen it or being on the receiving end of chases, also being part of uh, uh, dominating chases. But again, I think each, the, the game of cricket is a funny one. It's also got, it's got many twists and turns, so we're expecting a number of twists and turns tomorrow. It may look like a straightforward day where England needs a good South Africa needs to just bet out the day. But there's cricket has so many twists and turns. For England, what have they done right to get themselves back into this series? I think what they've done is that they had three batsmen who, when they got to 50, they converted. In the first inning, um, the top order, barring that Crowley, all got past 25. Only Oli Pope was able to manage to convert and he went to 61. So it showed that the nature of the pitch was slightly difficult in the first two days, but it's ultimately battable. So they've had two players across 30 uh, of the top three play, uh, of the top three players. That being Dean Elg and Rush for the distance, they didn't convert. If Dean had pushed on 200, maybe Rush 80, 90 could have been a very different story for South Africa. So again, the age old, uh, the, 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 the timeless uh, tennis of cricket, you'll say best when they get in, they need to convert. Dom simply got in, took his time. His first 50 came of 140 balls. His second 50 came of 129 balls. That's 269 to 100. In this day of attacking cricket, you may think that that is unheard of, but you minus that's how you minus the value that is really made. Um, that means England then leave a still difficult but a tasteable total because that means South Africa didn't have to chase the Zanzibar first. So again, Batsman, Joe Root got in yesterday, made 61. Ben Stokes got in today, made 74, made 72. So again, critical Batsman who got, got in, got sick and made runs against an age old tenant of cricket. Mm. And and, and uh, before we get into our topic here of, of the day, has the Bami Army been behaving there at Newlands? I heard one they of their have. most famous songs, 18 Ren to the Pound. I was there when they did that. It, they know that they're a lovely bunch. They're a lovely bunch. It's actually one of, it's actually been a lifelong dream of mine to actually be amongst the bottom on the Newlands. I think there's something about this ground that makes it quite a home game for them. I think in PE, the band will kind of neutralize them a bit. The Gujar squad will provide a very good contest um, at the Wanderers. So I think this is the one ground where it's similar to Lords, where in terms of um, there is a very strict way to watch the cricket. The cricket is not very noisy. But again, they are able to express themselves very freely. They're a well-behaved fan. Say they're just a delight to just watch because they're a group that enjoys the cricket. Also, the um, the Rand Pound situation actually allows them to come in numbers. So that's what I think coming to Africa for them is actually a dream because even people, let's say, who are mid-level earners, are able to save up for um, 
I mean, not is a sum of cricket. And actually, go to go for 10 pesos equals the 18 rand or 19 rand to the pound. That's the allowance for that. So, that was a delightful bunch. I think, let's see how the, the St. George's boss spent noises. But I think the job of test, especially if the series is still alive, will be a very interesting one because the Bridget Scott, I think, is ready and waiting for them. Now, let's talk about our topic of the day that we've put out there, the dropping of Temba Pavuma. There's been a huge outcry. Is the outcry justified, Kanyis? Um, I think how it's done is the problem, uh, but the numbers don't lie. And that is what people need to understand that, yes, South African sports isn't, especially cricket and rugby, it's not straightforward to drop a black player. But if you look at Timber's stats over 2019, 258 runs in 14 innings at the average of 19, um, those runs won't get you a test space when you're playing at franchise level. So how does that then guarantee you a test place when you're in the team? when there are people knocking on the door. So, I mean, it, 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 common cricket sense will tell you that if you're not scoring right, you have to go back down a level, score the runs, then go back up. I mean, Dennis Debray, he scored only 155 runs, and he, at an average of 17, he's also dropped, and there's no hullabaloo about it. So the runs don't matter. If he was scoring runs and he was dropped, then I think it would have been a big issue. I think the man in which he was dropped, I think what the selectors could have done, they could have said that he's not a drop in, isn't because of um, the things that need to be They could have just explained very lucidly and said the reason it dropped it isn't because uh, we are worried about transformation. Transformation remains a very big issue, but we also need to look at performance. I mean, we have to understand that transformation, as we've seen over the past 10 years, transformation and excellence go hand in hand. We've seen, we've seen some marvelous black players, some marvelous black rugby players. Uh, so you can't say transformation doesn't work, but also it can't be used as a crutch when the player is not playing well and then uh, the player then needs to play stay in the team because of transformation. Yes, it's, it's, it's easier said than done. I mean, we, have to, uh, we, have, uh, we have to be honest about the years. And also, the value of Timothy innings is especially when he batted. I mean, he batted in a variety of positions. He was moved up the order. I think he was given enough trust to bet up the order in 2019. And his returns weren't as um, fruitful as one would have hoped. And the problem is, they remember that while your returns aren't fruitful, other the franchise level are scoring runs. And when they are scoring runs, I mean, the currency of getting into any team is a passive but scoring runs. For you to move from uh, three-day level to franchise level, you need the runs. And from the franchise level to test level, you need the runs. I mean, that's why Keegan Peterson's here. He mm. scored 900 plus runs last season. He was the top run scorer. Peter Malana third. Peter Malana's also said this season before. And he's also, you see, that they, they've done the business to get here. I mean, Zubair Hamza has had one big season amongst a, a lot of um, okay to very good seasons. But at SAA level, he scored the run, so they need to be here. So the guys who are here, um, they can't be doubted. Right, two seasons ago was the top run scorer in the four day competition. So, and he didn't play a lot of red ball cricket last year because of what? South African national team duties. He was playing a lot of white ball cricket. And for him to get into the white ball side, Scored runs in over cricket. Scored runs in twenty over cricket. He earned his, he earned his keep to get into the team, and he showed in the first innings that he's a he's a very multi-adjustable cricketer. So yes, the politics of selection will always be problematic. We can't hide behind that because of South Africa's very fractured past and how it continues um, to affect selection policies and transformation policies. Because the issue of transformation is that people need to understand, and I'll reiterate it properly: transformation doesn't seek to replace black with white or white with black. Transformation is to regret the sins of the past, but also providing equal and accurate opportunities for players. 
So that's why transformation targets are there, because we need to give players who ordinarily in another system wouldn't be able to get opportunities to get opportunities. The reason transformation targets are there, because when they weren't there, that players wouldn't get opportunities. And then suddenly one player starts to excel, and then all of a sudden transformation works. No, it's not the case. It's not just a one-off process. It needs to be a process from top down where facilities are made available, mm. where government uh, municipalities, schools, some municipalities, teacher unions, some schools um, put together their heads and make sure that the pipeline, is, even before it reaches a representative level, there needs to be an equality of opportunities and equality of facilities at the bottom level to ensure that at least players have some sort of an equal base to work from. And mm. once they have an equal base to work from, then players will then start to, to, to actually compete at a far equal level from school funders. Because let's be honest, at the end of the day, there are um, regional performance hubs that are sponsored by Sanitang and CSA that are providing a number of very good players. But the number of schools that don't offer cricket because of the expenses that come with cricket, that need kits, balls, bats, um, the preparing of pitches, um, keeping fields in pristine shape. Because the first thing you need is a very good turf pitch and the pristine field to just make sure that you've got a decent game of cricket going. Um, keeping pitches prepared, I mean, you're going to need diesel to make sure that the rollers are running. So cricket itself is an expensive sport, which explains why there's always been an oversupply from the traditionally more former model C schools with the resources that they have. And that's why you find that it takes, it, it takes an extra effort from a player who's grown up um, from a talented school to actually make it without having to change direction. You find that a number of black players who start at Townsend schools and at white schools and then follow the normal, uh, the, the, the normal representative process. So there needs to be um, far more, a lot more work put in at the bottom line. There is work being done, and I think especially you made the point of black batsmen. Black mm. bowlers are coming through like it's nobody's business. But it's now the black batsmen. Are, are the batting issues, or not batting issues, but is there enough being done to produce black batsmen who don't necessarily come from the white school, but who come from formerly white school, but who come from different walks of life. Mm. And I think before I hand it to you, I mean, one of the reasons why I've always found the Australian system um, to be one of the best in the world is that, yes, it's a very homogeneous society in terms of the, the, the majority of Australians are white. But you find that cricketers who play at grade level, which is the level before shield cricket, come from different walks of life. Okay, couldn't agree with you more there, Kanye Sochuago. We can't have our Siakolises all going to grey. We need those facilities in our communities. We need those facilities in our townships. We need those school of excellence, those cricketing hubs, those rugby schools right there in the middle of Kwazakele or in New Brighty or Sochanguva or wherever uh, you are. And I think that's where leadership is also letting us down here. It's a conversation we need to expand, not just about cricket, but also take it to, to, to government and find out if are they doing enough. Uh, there's a voice note that's come through here before we let you go, can you so? Hi, Tabiso, um, and the entire team. Ziko Smith, all the way from Macau. Happy New Year, guys, uh, and welcome back. Tabiso, I'm not sure about the issue of Temba. You know, Temba hasn't been scoring runs. Like, we've got to be honest with ourselves when it comes to Temba. But the manner that they dropped him, it raises questions. Yes, that one. And then let's just, like, when Faf is talking about the results and stuff like that, on the current squad, uh, and the current team that, that is playing right now, like on this match, we don't even have the strong person. Who who can we point and say this one can win us a match? Like now they're just testing Abu Hamza, Nabu, Nabu Malan. You can see they are just trying to test. Why can't they do that even with black players? This thing of five, whatever that five is saying, this one is just like uh, the boys club, this one. 
of our far and then it's like very soon we might even see abd villas coming back to help them and they, they just form their own proteas again the one that we we used to know is like mark Baucha, uh jack Callis, and then graham smith you see so black uh, black people will be lost in in the system if this thing is not stopped now black people will be lost again on cricket thank you tabiso Okay, thanks Zico Smith. Keep them coming on 061-4104-107. SMS, that's our voice note number for WhatsApp. And then SMS line 41391 or if you want to call 0891-104-207. Can you, so thanks for speaking to us. Go back to filing your match report. Uh, let's, let's stay though in Cape Town. Before I go to Fido's, Noel Crowey says this, is, this isn't only about Temba Pavuma. Faf speaks to the heart of Afrikaner Dom who are agnostic about the contributions made by black South Africans such as Basil de Oliveira and Kaya Majola. And on that note, we've got uh, respected cricket for cricket writer Fidoz Munda on the line who also joins us from Cape Town. Fidoz, good evening. Uh, thank you very much for speaking to us here on SAFM. Hey, good evening, Kevs, and Happy New Year to you. Thank you. You too, Fidoz. I know you've been following this story and maybe you can just remind us, Fidoz, of the transformation uh, requirements in this protest setup. What are the numbers? How many players of colour must there be? Yeah, so that's basically, I mean, the requirement is a requirement that is calculated on average over a season. So, you know, importantly, that means not in every game. But on average over a season, what South Africa are looking for are six players of colour, of which at least two must be black Africans. So in the last two test matches, they've missed that target. However, they still have two more test matches, plenty ODIs and T20s over the next season. So that number can be made up. I think that in itself is problematic that we're using the phrase make up the numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can, we can talk about that a little bit, but that's the target overall. So, so for now, they've missed the targets in the first two matches, but I know you said it's counted overall. You've posed this question to the coaching staff. What has been their response? Uh, I think the response for, for now has been that injury is one of the reasons that the numbers been missed. And we can say with a fair degree of certainty that Lungi and Gidi probably would have played if he hadn't picked up that hamstring injury just before the Invanti Super League final. So, you know, that, that's one reason that, um, that this uh, target has been missed. Of course, Temba was injured for the first test. He had a hip flexor injury, but then he was dropped. So I think Temba probably would have been dropped anyway for that first test and they would have missed the target in any event. You know, I think what the coaching staff's response has been is that there's a lack of options. And if you look in the squad, the other players of colour are Beren Hendricks and Jane Patterson. Could one of them be playing ahead of um, Anrit Nokia or Dwayne Pretorius? Of course, Andile Petrukwaya is there, and they seem quite clear on saying that uh, Andile's batting is not test match ready yet, and that they, they think he still has a few yards to go before he catches up to Dwayne Pretorius. And, and that's kind of their options. You know, I had a look uh, a couple of days ago at the, the players knocking on the door in the domestic circuit, and I'm sorry to report that the only black African batsman who sits on that radar is 24th on the domestic first-class ranking. So, you know, that, that's, that's not a great number. Um, and while there are some bowlers, Maluti Saboto is second on the chart, so, you know, he, he could maybe come into the conversation. Uh, it's hard to fault the coaching staff when they mention lack of options. Um, and I think that comes down to what's happening at domestic level. I think we really have to question whether enough players are coming through. Mm. The other argument, though, has been that uh, this new regime is not in touch with a bigger vision or like they're not in touch with transformation. I know we asked Jacques Fall when we spoke to him before the break about mm. this and he was confident. He said Graham Smith has been test captain for 11 years. He knows all about transformation. Why, why do you think there's that lack of trust for those between uh, some members of the public and this coaching staff? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that, that it's twofold. I think the one reason is that uh, we've seen what was essentially a black administration being overtaken by a white administration. So we've seen Tabang Morowi get suspended and Jacques Four come into the job. We've seen Enoch Nkwet demoted to the assistant coach role and Mark Boucher come into the job. And, and you can't really blame people for looking at that and thinking this is a whitewash. I think so that would be one reason. And then I think the other reason dates back to 10 years ago when Herschel Gibbs came out with his biography and wrote in there that he felt there was a boys club running South African cricket and he mentioned the boys in that club and they are Smith, Bacher, Callis and De Villiers and we're hearing all those names mentioned at the moment. So, you know, people have, have insinuated over the years and particularly players of colour have kind of let it, let it be known that there was an elite group of people and they're all similar, they all went to good schools, they're all from middle class white families and middle class white backgrounds and kind of voikies if you want to put it that way. Um, and it's threatening. It's really, really threatening to think that here's a group, group of very tight-knit friends essentially running the country's cricket. Okay, we've got a voice note that's come through on 0614104107. For those who've just joined us, we are talking to ESPN Cricket for Cricket correspondent Fidoz Munda. Good evening, Tabi. So it's Paul speaking from Durban. I've been hearing Amahim him about government wanting to, to meddle in national sporting codes and this is the very reason why when government steps aside and lets the governing body uh, take control this is unfortunately what happens and this is the same in cricket it's the same i know that rugby just won the world cup and it's, it's the very same in rugby we may be getting rugby players coming through but at an administration level and a coaching level um we can obviously as, as a black person there's no one that's representing me in government sports. I'm Zandilistic, yeah, we can say, but honestly, if we look at the sports as a whole, we can't see prominent black coaches or administrators coming through. So I understand the frustration that Obavuma faces. Um, and I definitely want to, I definitely want government to step in. I feel that Government obviously needs to be run by a person who has the know-how, number one. But at the same time, um, yeah, I definitely think that they have to meddle. Because unfortunately, when you let these uh, governing bodies run sport the way that they want to run it, this is exactly what happens. Uh, hi, Tabiso. Tabiso, you're speaking to Tommy from uh, Durban. Hey, Tabiso, here's the thing, man. Uh, I, I don't want to talk about race but this is racism at play this is racism at play and believe me it started from the board now it's moving on to to the players this is pure racism and it's very sad that our captain can say utter those things you know but yeah man i guess uh, why people don't want they don't want to see transformation they don't want to see us uh, coming together. They will never. They will never. They will never. But I'm really, really sad, Tabiso. Okay, those are some of the sentiments out there. Keep them coming. There was a tweet, I think, yesterday or the day before, from a former captain of the national team in netball, Zanelem Dodana, who was saying this. Uh, Cricket SA team composition is a thorny issue on my side as a mother to a brilliant sportsman, a brilliant cricketer. My son is told that only a certain number of black players will be picked in the EP cricket team. I thought I went through 
all of that uh, so that uh, he doesn't have to go through that. And that was the sentiment uh, from Zanella. No, Kawunda Ndunja was also not happy with the makeup of the Protea team. He also had some uh, strong uh, statements to make on uh, social media saying that he can't believe that in 2020 we still have a Proteas team that looks like this. Fidoz, there was a caller that made reference to what the captain Faf Duplessis said. Um, you were at that press conference. I think you could have even posed the question where he said that he does not see color. What did you make of that statement coming from a, na- a captain of a national team? Yeah, I thought it was a hopelessly naive statement from Fafti Tlisi. You know, I can't speak for his intentions behind the statement. Uh, I know that the sentiment is that maybe it was well-intentioned, but I, I don't know that... I'm not sure how to interpret that. I, I do think as a South African to say we don't see colour is, is a very silly thing to say. Um, obviously, that's what we see. It's all we've ever seen. We've seen it since 1652. We've seen it through slavery, colonialism, apartheid, and we see it now, and we should see it. So I'm not really sure why Fasiplicy said that. Um, I think it's very important that the national team analyzes the composition of, of itself by color as well as by other attributes. Um, and I, I feel like what Fasiplicy was trying to say, so I'm just putting some words in his mouth here, is that opportunities were given to a player like Temba, which we can't deny, he played 39 test matches. Yeah. Um, and now, uh, you know, opportunity needs to, to move on to a player like Rassi van That is the insinuation that I'm taking out of it. Um, you know, I don't think it's a clever thing to say. I think as, the, as somebody in the leadership position in South African sport, you need to do better than that. You say in one of your articles that there are those who believe Bavuma should return to domestic cricket and break down the door with the runs and those who believe his presence, regardless of form, is, ense- is essential for purpose of representation. And then there is CSA. Has CSA responded to this in any way? I did hear there was a statement released, but we were away on holiday. That was released on the second morning of the test match, so that would have been Saturday morning, was um, a statement with quotes from CSA President Chris Nenzani, which reiterated the organization's commitment to transformation. Um, I think all in all, it was a pretty throwaway statement, but what stood out for me was that they made it very clear that the transformation targets at franchise level are rigid. And so when I explained to you the national targets earlier, they're different at franchise level. At franchise level, you need six players of color with three black Africans, and those are minimum targets, and that is in every game, so not overall. So we've already had a situation where the Cape Cobras this summer have missed the target. They were due to have an investigation into that, but that was in the previous administration, and nobody's quite clear on what's happened since then. That stood out for me, and then... The other thing was Nenzani saying that there will be sanctions for people who miss the target. So it wasn't very specific. But um, I do think that there's, you know, the last time CSA missed the target, they were banned from hosting major sports events along with netball, rugby, and, and a couple of other sports codes. So I do think that there, there will be repercussions for a failure to transform. What's more important is that I'm not sure how many people are questioning the slow pace of transformation and looking at the levels below and really mm. trying to understand what is it that is preventing players of color, be they generic black, as we might call them, or black African, from coming through. And why is it that we have this bottleneck at the top? And, and really the players we see coming through are Peter Milan, Rassi van der Dissen, and Dwayne Pretorius. We're actually going to have posed that to Aslam Koto, who's going to speak to us also later on on the show. I believe for those that there was also the Black African Cricket Clubs who, who held a meeting, um, I think it was the week of the first test match in, in Centurion. Uh, what came out of this meeting and who makes up these Black African Cricket Clubs? 
Yeah, so good question. The Black African Cricket Clubs are a representative group from Gauteng at the moment. And they actually come out of the Langer Commission report, which was around 2011 when Gauteng Cricket was in racial crisis and it was decided that there would be equal representation across the racial groups. So they formed an association and were due to hold a meeting into the development of Black African Cricket some time ago. They This meeting... You know, there was no set date, but they said that the changes in administration prompted them to have this meeting during the first test. They held it at the Wonders and then came, some of them came through to Centurion and spoke to the media. Uh, what we got out of it was that, number one, they were, they were quite mistrusting of Graham Smith as the director of cricket and really wanted to know whether he understood what, in their words, a black kid from a township area goes through. And I think that's a fair question to have posed. Um, they, they also spoke about uh, development at various lower levels. They spoke about the hubs, which CSA have done in conjunction with Standard Bank, who are now pulling out uh, of their sponsorship. So, you know, they spoke about those types of things. But then, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you interpret it, also were quite strong in their attack on the media and the media's coverage of players of colour. So obviously, I mean, I'm not the whole media, thank goodness. <laughs> but um, I do feel like, you know, certainly from my side, um, you know, I have done whatever I could to to explain and advance the transformation agenda. I mean, I remember when I started this job almost 13 years ago now, people, I work for an international publication, really not understanding the issues and really just saying, oh, well, why can't South Africa just pick a team on merit, which is a stupid thing to ask. But now I get comments from, from people overseas saying, I actually understand what you're talking about. I understand that people have been victimized for centuries and that and that rights need to be made of these wrongs. So... I almost feel like the international community and the discourse overseas has moved along to the point where we can discuss transformation at a more intellectual level. Um, well, maybe I'm just hoping so. And I wasn't really sure what the, the BACC's attack on the media was or who they were referring to specifically. Um, I do think their points are valid, um, and I think we should be listening to them. At the same time, I think that they, they could bring about their points in a more constructive way. Okay, let's go to a voice note that's come through on 061-4104-107. Evening, the interview. Yeah, Proteus is a national team, so I don't think we should think of it as a platform for development. So, development should be at the provincial level and the franchise level. So, the other thing that I'm very, very uncomfortable with this thing of uh, wanting Vauma just to be played because it's black. I really have a problem with that. If the guy is not scoring runs, not scoring runs. So, let's give our opportunities who have made enough runs from franchise level. So because if we check the guy like Malan, the guy has got more than 10,000 10, runs from the franchise level. And he has been playing the game close to 12, if more than, not 12, if more than, 10, more than 12 years now. So uh, the, guy, the guys have always been waiting. So I think everyone must get the opportunity. So it should not only be about color because even Vavoma himself, I don't think he will be happy just to be picked up and be played just because he's black. Yeah, Vincent, Odin Dalsaras. Thanks, Vincent. And actually, Tama Bavuma will be the, was the first one in India to say that his performances are not uh, good enough and he knows he needs to improve. And none of our guests tonight have said that he should be there just because of his colour. I mean, even Kanyiso said that if you look at the at the runs that he scored and the weight of runs and the averages, it, it, it works against him and it's very hard to defend Tama Bavuma. But what people have raised is the way uh, that he was dropped and the manner that he was dropped. And on that note, Fidos, before we before we let you go, we've always been told uh, that there's been a rule in the Proteus setup 
up an unwritten rule that senior players walk straight back into the team. Many are asking why this is not applied to Temba. Yeah, I mean, you're right in saying that when a player has been injured and then recovers from that injury, he gets his place back. And I'm thinking specifically of Vernon Philander, who has been injured several times. And, you know, bowlers like Kyle Abbott and Marshall Delanga have then had to step away for when Vernon uh, is, is being brought back. So my answer to this question would be, as I mentioned earlier, I think Temba was going to be dropped anyway. I think mm-hmm. if he had been fit, he would not have played the first test. And so I think... South Africa were almost, if, if, if I can use the word lucky, but maybe that's not the right word to use, fortunate that he was injured for the first test and, you know, that they couldn't pick him. But then it became a case of him becoming fit for the second test. And then he certainly looked fit and hungry. From oh. all, I mean, I saw him in the nets and he batted for a long time with Jack Callis. I know he's playing in the 4 day game, which starts today. And, and so it now became a case of he is fit, but we're actually going to drop him anyway. Because one of the things that was said, by, was it, it might have been Mark Boucher or Fatou Pussi, I can't recall, was that the idea with Rafi van der Dissen is that they're going to give him an extended run in the team whether or not he scored runs in the first test. So he did score 50, which helped him. He scored another 50 here at Newlands, which I'm, I'm sure has helped him even more. But I think that Timber was always going to be dropped before that first test. And, and so perhaps it looks bad because he was kept with the squad and there was maybe a thought that he would play the second test. Um, and, and so, therefore, this whole kind of senior player injury thing comes into it. But um, if the plan was to drop him before the first test anyway, then I suppose that that's what they've done. And I just want to say that uh, before I kind of go, is that um, I think one of the things which none of us have, have really spoken about is what this experience must be like for Timber, because mm. we've got a lot of people talking on his behalf, a lot of people feeling angry on his behalf, a lot of people feeling betrayed on his behalf, and a lot of people feeling sorry for him. And, and he's really just a guy who's trying to score runs and fight his way back into the national side, which must be an immensely difficult task when you've got voices from all sides of the color divide sprouting their opinion. And, and people really have put enormous pressure on Timber, black or white, to to score runs. Um, unfortunately, today he didn't score many. He made just nine and mm. then he was out to a pull shot. So, you know, what we really want to see is Timber absolutely blasting through the next three Sunfall games, or they're not even called Sunfall anymore, next three <laughs> franchise games, and um, and just really stacking on the runs, showing us what he can do because we all know he can do it, and then marching his way back into the team. And I'm telling you that there's nobody who would want to see that more than me. Great stuff, Fidoz. Thank you for speaking to us on Twitter. Noel Crowe says, Fidoz, you say Faf was naive. You are being very generous. He says, what Faf meant is that black people aren't good enough at test level. That's Noel Crowe on Twitter. Thanks, uh, Fidoz. We're going to speak to Mr. Aslam Korta next, but let's go to the voice note. And I also want to read you some uh, tweets from Maki Ohain, the uh, senior sports journalist in South Africa. Hi, Tabiso. I think it was pathetic. Um, the way Temba Bavuma's dropping uh, happened. Um, Faf Duplessis' uh, statements are also very unfortunate. Um, Temba Bavuma should be given more chance because they give more chance to the white players. So I think uh, we'll continue shouting for Temba Bavuma to be recalled back into the squad. Yes, he needs to perform. Yes, we will support him all the way, but he needs to perform. And um, I think it's even better news 
that um, the director of cricket, Graham Smith, has got three months, not a long-term plan. Otherwise, the team is definitely lily white and it's not acceptable. They have to include players of color so that we can continue the transformation agenda in sport. Thank you. This is Tembi Class from Port Elizabeth. Evening, the Tabiso Tulania from Holland. Hey, Temba's uh, betting states are not good. We can't compromise because of color. Maybe uh, we can't. If you want to compromise, you'll perform mediocre, just like we, we are doing currently. But now, hey, we can't. It's a pity they dropped him, but hey, I can't. Yeah, that's uh, Tulani. I think that's Tulani there uh, saying that his numbers are just not good enough. And ultimately, in cricket, you get judged uh, by your numbers. Maki Ohain, a respected sports journalist, uh, said on Twitter yesterday, So Faf says Temba Pavuma needs to go back and make domestic runs to get into the test team. Temba's last 31 innings, 848 runs. He averages 31. Perception tent fact, he isn't good enough. Faf's last 31 innings, 788 runs at an average of 28. Wow. How powerful is perception? Why is it that some players in our test team don't ever have their performances questioned, but others need to perform every time or be questioned? A thought to the wise people out there. And then he ends by saying, I'm not knocking the talent of Faf or Makram, but Faf averages 28 in his last 31 innings. Makram averages 31 in his last 33. But it seems so easy for so many to want to dump Temba, who averages 31 in the same period. Leading sport stories of the day on SAFM. Let's also acknowledge our SMSs. I know that it's not free. Um, somebody says, when the White Old Boys Club of Graham Smith and Boucher was appointed, I knew the Proteas were on a back step of transformation. Maybe Faf should take his own advice and go and make runs in the lower levels. How many runs have Faf scored lately? Not many. Well, I just read those stats there. And uh, DDK, I, can't, I don't understand this SMS. You say transformation. How does the color let you play better? Please explain my little brain cannot figure out. Well, let's bring in another different voice here. So much has been said about this topic. It's not specifically about Temba, but obviously uh, Temba is, uh, Temba's dropping has highlighted it. And Mr. Aslam Kota joins us on the line. We've been listening to him on SABC uh, throughout, uh, well, since the test series started. And uh, let's get his views here. Mr. Aslam, good evening, sir. Thanks for speaking to us on SAFM. Always good to be with an award-winning presenter. How are you doing, Tabi? So fine, fine. Thank you, sir. You're far too kind. Compliments to you. Let's expand. You. Thank you, sir. Let's expand this debate. I mean, um, it's easy to shift the blame to the coaches, to the management team, saying that they've dropped the black batsmen here. But what's also glaring, and that's been raised by Fidoz, is that there are not many batsmen of color coming through. What does this say, Mr. Quarter? Does it talk to CSA's transformation programs are not working? Are they doing enough or not? I think uh, those did cover one of the issues quite nicely, is that uh, had there been different selectors, uh, if Linda's own company was still there, they were grappling with a similar issue. And uh, I get the feeling that if they were in place, they would have probably dropped uh, Kemba because, uh, they, you know, they, if they, there was mention made to him, then he needs to up it. That's just the one point I needed to make. Mm. The issue of black batsmen uh, uh, within the system and why uh, the numbers that are not coming through is, is definitely the big question. Having said that, uh, when, we, when we do all the uh, awards for the for Cricket South Africa Awards evenings, we go through a multitude of, uh, of statistics. I must say that there are uh, younger players coming through. There's, there's a lot of potential. 
uh, what does happen is that at provincial level, you need to be given chances. I think there there are definitely players emerging. And uh, it's all about really making it big, you know, scoring seven, 800 runs at, at a good average consistently. Those are the type of requirements for any player, for that matter, that needs to come through. Where the system, I'm not going to say it's failing, but where it needs to be uh, giving a lot more attention is the pipeline, under-17s, under-19s. And uh, the, the, the crucial thing to mention here is that coaches are also now given a scorecard and they also have targets. So what happens is they're hampered by the targets, and when there are two players of uh, of equal, let's say, talent, but the one is black and the other is white, the uh, black youngster, let's just say he's averaging 34, and the white youngster is averaging 39, but they leave him out on the basis that the black player should get should get the nod. What's happening is you're not actually moving or helping the youngster by throwing him into the deep end knowing that he's perhaps not just cut the grade. So I think the coaching situation, which to me is bloated with, with a lot of people who are unqualified, and I say this with respect because nobody said that they are not hardworking, that uh, they perhaps put in more than their, their, their fair share. But in order to spot good cricketers, and Tabiso, this is the, the important thing, you can mm-hmm. ask this to anybody at any level in any sport, that uh, to be able to gauge what is required of a player what are requirements at, at an international level or a higher level, and does the player cut it? Does he have what it takes? Is it something that you can work with, just tweak it here and there and allow the player to then express himself? And I think those things are not happening. When you look at the current under-19 team, they've lost nine of their 11 matches and uh, nine of them in a row. So it's a concern for me in that the pipeline is not properly delegated and some of the rulings and some of the issues that are down there are not handled properly. So then it takes you to further up because here is a youngster who, or youngsters that have been pushed through the system. And when they come to the, the higher leagues, which is your, 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 your second division and also your franchise uh, uh, competitions, then they get picked because, again, it's looking at the percentages and the targets that you need to do. But that youngster knows that he's possibly just a little short of what is really required. So nurture them at the lower level first before they are thrown into the deep end. So that's the one end. Of, and looking at it very broadly, one part of the issue that we need to, to look at as a whole from a South African point of view. I know that there's a hell of a lot of talk about uh, this cabal and they've come in and everything else. Mm. But I think if you have taken over a company and you see the ship sinking, you need to either take drastic measures, you need to do uh, something quite uh, out of the ordinary to make sure that your ship is back on keel and, and that uh, it's sailing into, uh, into, into calmer waters. And I think those are the type of issues that Graham Smith and company are handling. I know that it, the, most of it is difficult to, for, for everybody to absorb, for everybody to swallow. I've heard some of the sentiments of the people, not just on your show today, but mm. throughout the last, say, month or six weeks. But professional sport is, is a tough environment. Anybody will tell you that. And I think the one thing is that once Temba has been uh, 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 admirably very quiet, he hasn't said anything because he knows he has to go out there and play cricket. But uh, he is probably the one that will tell you that I need to find my feet at uh, a lower level once again just to get the confidence back and then knock the door down, break the door down and come into the test team. Because, I mean, at one stage there was no doubt that he was looking so good there was a time that they were looking for him to score more runs so that they could then, uh, uh, they've given him the vice-captaincy that he would be the automatic choice. But that hasn't happened for him. 
So the best thing to do is to actually let him go down because you know that he's capable enough. He showed it. He scored 100 as well. He's played some fantastic matches, match-saving and face-saving innings for South Africa. So I think his value is not underestimated at all. And I'm talking purely with a cricketing hat because there's a very emotional issue that we're all dealing with. Mm. And sometimes we can actually go out of line. So I'm just going to stick to that. And for me, I think deep down, Temba knows that he needs to shift uh, his gears. He needs to go a little further down. And the worst thing for me is that for any sportsman, uh, however we, we address the, the, the transformation issues, is that you really don't want to, as a sportsman, I wouldn't like to be selected via the boardroom in, uh, instead of via my, my, my performances. The comparisons with Faf Duplessis and some of the comments that Mark Keown and others have done, we'll need another 10, 20 minutes to discuss that to perhaps just get a balance in the arguments that we have mm. because somehow it seems to have gone out of kilter and there's a lot of emotion around and uh, we feel for everyone else, but I think your 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 national team is is the major asset. And if we continue to see it uh, going downhill, then the entire game itself in the country suffers. So I think uh, what's happening right now in the interim, uh, apart from Mark Boucher, who's been given a four-year deal, the rest of them are in an interim position. So it'll be interesting to see what happens after the summer is over, and how the issue is handled by a board, which I do feel certainly need to still resign. Okay, Mr. Kota, thank you. Wow, we have to leave it there because of time. We'd love to get more from you, but we're still going to talk. There's a lot of cricket to be played this summer, and I know that you are on TV, so we're going to have to leave it there now. Uh, he's on TV and radio, by the way, Mr. Aslam Kota. Uh, it is 8 o'clock, and I just want to end with this SMS that says, this is what's wrong. Why don't you just transform the whole team to black and see how we perform? Get some more players of color in the soccer teams. Government cannot even run the country. While we fight about color, the rest of the world excels. Losers will always cry foul. Well, this loser didn't even have the guts to put his name or her name on the SMS. It'll be nice if you had the guts to put your name on the SMS and tell us who you are. But that's not a nice thing to say. Anyway, we're going to have to leave it there. It is 8 o'clock. It's our first show of the year. We're not here tomorrow, by the way, um, because of the metric results coming out. But we'll be back on Wednesday. Thank you to everybody. That's way in. Aslam Kota, Fidoz Monda, Kanyiso Chwaku. Just getting the different views about what's happening in South African cricket at the moment.